Welcome to Fresh Research, a podcast from the Nonprofit Times. We explore some of the most interesting and sometimes provocative findings focused on the world of nonprofits. Thanks for tuning in. Here at the Nonprofit Times, we see tons of great fresh research. So in each episode, we take a recent study or survey and have a conversation with the authors about what they found and why they think it's important for charities. We'll also give away some books and give you access to other valuable information from the Nonprofit Times. Early indicators show that charitable giving was up last year in response to the coronavirus pandemic. Projections for giving in 2021 and 2022 are even rosier. Charitable giving is expected to increase 4.1% this year, buoyed by individual giving and another 5.7% in 2022 on the strength of increased giving via foundations and estates. On this episode of the Fresh Research Podcast, Dr. Una Osili joins us to break down the projections from the Lilly Family School of Philanthropy at Indiana. She is Associate Dean for Research and International Programs and a Professor of Economics and Philanthropic Studies at the Lilly Family School of Philanthropy. Now, here's my discussion with Dr. Una Osili. I guess my first question would be, I'm a little surprised. I think, I think most people would be surprised. The, the numbers that you project are quite optimistic, I would say. Yes. So the events of 2020, as you note, have been quite unprecedented. And fundraisers, researchers, nonprofit leaders are asking a lot of questions about what the coming year looks like after such an unusual and unprecedented 2020. Underlying these models is the expected or projected growth uh, patterns in terms of GDP, gross domestic product, in 2021. And when we look at the data from Congressional Budget Office, the CBO, and many other entities, it suggests that GDP is on track to recover to levels seen prior to the pandemic. Although we expect that uh, unemployment levels will probably continue to be quite high and decline more slowly. The, the other big variable is the stock market. And in 2020 in particular, we did see the stock market continue to perform quite strongly. The financial sector overall um, ended the year uh, on a very positive note. And some of this is expected to continue in 2021. Now, having said that, this um, projection really is based on the overall economic conditions. And we all uh, understand that we are um, facing a lot of uncertainty, not just about the economy, but about the health um, conditions for the country and and the world as a whole with um, the vaccine rollout, uh, some of this recovery depends on um, the ability to return to uh, perhaps uh, or resume more uh, regular business conditions. And some of that depends on the widespread availability and diffusion of the vaccines. Would it be safe to assume that as far as the giving continuing to grow, individual giving will be up 6% and overall giving is going to be, you expect to, to continue. Is that Safe to assume that that will be coming from the higher end of the spectrum again, since the stock market's doing well. And you mentioned unemployment is still an issue amongst certain parts of the population, probably likely folks at the lower end of the spectrum. Is it safe to assume that that big gifts and big givers will continue to to be carrying the uh, carrying the load? Yes, I think you um, 
absolutely hit the nail on the head. In this case, the growth in GDP is expected for certain sectors. We've especially seen technology, e-commerce, and healthcare perform quite well in 2020, and that's continuing in 2021. This is an extension of the K-shaped recovery that we heard a lot about in 2020, where some American workers are able to work from home, work remotely, and um, th their incomes, their wealth have, if not uh, grown, at least stayed uh, relatively stable through 2020 and 2021. However, we have seen for lower income uh, workers, for lower skilled workers, that their uh, economic fortunes, their incomes, their wealth have not uh, maintained uh, their levels during the pandemic. And um, that is something that 2021 is likely to see some of those trends continue. So in terms of overall growth in philanthropy, um, I think we do have to be concerned that uh, the models, uh, underlying models show recovery, but that recovery is, is certainly not likely to be broad-based and some sectors of the economy are recovering faster than others. Some households have been more affected by the pandemic, not just their health conditions, but also their incomes, their wealth, their ability to access uh, employment. What's interesting to me is uh, some of the subsectors you look at, there's quite a, a, a variance from year to year. You project individual giving to increase 6% this year and then almost 4% next year, while foundation giving this year is expected to decline 1%, but then grow almost 9%. And the big jump in estates, which of course is hard to, giving by estates is hard to predict because you can't predict when people die, of course, but that increases, you've got at, at one per, just over 1% this year and then almost 12% next year. Can you explain a little bit why that jumps so much over the two years? So as giving by estates does tend to be one of the more variable, if not the most variable part of the charitable giving um, landscape. And what we tend to see is that if there is a big growth in estates one year, um, it's unlikely that that will be matched in the following year simply because uh, those sharp increases tend to be driven by very large estates. So um, we do tend to see this pattern if there's a very large gift in one year that pushes up the percentage um, and that may not continue. So, um, Generally speaking, a very large gift uh, in one year may not persist. And so if we don't have that pattern of record gifts, you'll see those large variances, mostly driven by one or two very large gifts. And I think some of that uh, we've also seen uh, with the foundation uh, sector where when you have very high growth in one year, um, you may not see that same pattern in the next year. Uh, the giving by foundations, I do have to say we are in a more complex environment where we've seen foundations shift how they're approaching grant making. Some have reduced uh, requirements for grantees. Some are paying out more than what they have done in the past, so above the 4 or 5%. And uh, many are also giving in an unrestricted fashion. That is true for private foundations, operating foundations, and community foundations. So uh, some of the projects
projections for foundations, I think, have to be also um, put into context that we are in a very unprecedented environment and found the foundation sector has really stepped up at the community level, but also nationally, uh, we're seeing those same trends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just like foundations stepped up, it, it seems like individual donors have stepped up in 2020, whereas the beginning of the year, a lot of the studies had shown that giving was falling off, particularly among smaller donors. Later in the year, it seems like there's been a boost, not only in individual giving, but again, among smaller dollar donors. And the theory, or I guess I could call it a theory, is that that you know, donors, just like foundations, realize this is the rainy day that, that charities are looking for uh, between food bank lines and, and all these other services that are required in a pandemic. Do you expect any kind of fall off in that way once things sort of, quote unquote, get back to normal? People are kind of stretching themselves with their donations in some cases. And at some point that drops off because they have to worry about other things or maybe decide it's time to give back to that arts organization that they paused like they did maybe during the recession. It's a very interesting and and timely question that you pose. Uh, We did see during the pandemic that many households increased or expanded their generosity, contrary to what uh, I think initially a lot of analysts expected. Um, And some of that, I think, was uh, in response to the needs at the community level and um, for many households. Uh, realizing that they were in a position to make a difference, that their gifts could really have an impact. And that took place through traditional channels, gifts to charity. But we also saw the resurgence of mutual aid where neighborhood level, community level efforts, in some cases, you know, door to door giving where people reached out to help their neighbors and those in their community. In 2021, um, we are starting to see that some of those needs are continuing, especially for restaurant workers, the uh, the arts segment, many subsectors are still recovering. And uh, I think the ability to engage and communicate with donors is going to be very relevant um, going forward, as well as the economic conditions that many of those households face. Um, what we know from many, uh, I'd say, years of looking at how philanthropy responds in times of crisis is that there is this core American value of generosity where uh, individuals at all income levels step up in times of need to help those uh, that are hurting or most affected, whether that's a natural disaster, in this case, a health and economic crisis. But there's also this factor that uh, households have to have the resources, the financial resources, the economic resources to make those contributions. So I think looking ahead, uh, we're going to have to see both of those things where American households being in a position to give with a rebound in their economic circumstances. And then at the same time, engagement by nonprofits and communities to share where those needs are and where those gifts can make a difference. We'll be right back with more from Dr. Una Osili on what impact tax reform may have had on giving. If you like what you're hearing, share it with friends and colleagues on social media. Use the hashtag FreshResearch or retweet the Nonprofit Times link, and you'll be eligible to win a book from the NPT Library. Another way for folks to find the show, rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you're a nonprofit executive director, communications person, fundraiser, or other senior leader, 
Chances are you're looking for ways to grow your expertise, keep on top of what's happening in the nonprofit world, and looking for inspiration. That's why you're listening to this podcast right now, I bet. I'm Sarah Durham, and I'm the host of the Smart Communications Podcast. Twice a month, we drop a short podcast, usually about 10 to 20 minutes long, on a topic that will help you become a smarter communicator. We've interviewed fundraising experts about why galas might be dead, executive directors about how they recharge, take sabbaticals, and use their values to lead, and done deep dives into subjects like how to do equitable and community-centric research, branding, campaigns, and more. Check out the Smart Communications Podcast in iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Now here's the rest of my conversation with Dr. Una Osili of the Lilly Family School of Philanthropy. Is there any way to ascertain the impact of the temporary universal charitable deduction that Congress enacted during the pandemic? I think it was uh, up to $600 per couple was an automatic universal deduction. And I know that's been a big push going forward. It may be too early to um, measure and ascertain the impact of the CARES Act on charitable giving. However, if we put it into context, um, it does represent, I think, an expansion in thinking about how public policy can influence giving. What we know is that uh, with tax reform in 2017, many uh, middle-income Americans who may have itemized and received tax recognition for their giving found themselves um, no longer being able to get that sort of tax recognition for their generosity. And we saw that um, the fraction of Americans who were itemizing and receiving benefits for their charitable giving went um, from something like a third of Americans to less than 10%. So a very significant shift. And with the CARES Act, I think this is um, a step in the right direction because when we look at the data, we've seen fewer Americans benefiting from the charitable deduction. I should also mention that uh, people do not give just for the tax benefits, but this uh, ability to receive that uh, benefit, that tax recognition, does, I think, help reinforce the core value of generosity. And also for many households, younger Americans and others, it um, speaks to the value that our society places on charitable giving and the private uh, provision of public goods. Is it still too early to see, to have an idea of what impact tax reform might have on charitable giving? I know also 2020 was such a unique year and and the uh, the plan, I think, or the theory was that the more years we have under the new tax plan, the better idea we'll have with the data. Did 2020 throw a real wrench into what kind of impact you could see from tax reform given another tax year? Yes, I think it is going to be more complex to fully understand all the impacts simply because um, we did have, in addition to tax reform, many other shifts in our economy. And um, as we noted, employment patterns, income and wealth um, earnings. However, at the school, we have been collecting longitudinal data through the philanthropy panel study, and that tracks Americans at all income levels and looks at their giving pre-tax reform and post-tax reform. And we will have um, some of that data this year. So while we won't have a full picture of how tax reform has impacted giving, we will start to see that because um, the 2019 um, data will be available sometime this year. And is there a, um, 
I guess I, I guess you would call it. Is there a worst case scenario where where maybe giving doesn't reach quite the four percent you expect this year and and five point seven percent next year? Is there is there a range that you think there's a there's a sure a bottom or at least a floor? <laughs> absolutely yeah. So we I should emphasize that um, the numbers that we're discussing really rest on um, economic data. And that economic data comes from a wide range of sources, including one of our partners at the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School of Business. They have the Penn Wharton budget model that actually uses um, the information that is available in the economy to project what um, economic variables are likely to, to um, how they are likely to evolve in 2020 and 2021 and 2022. So having said that, you could look at these numbers as being sort of um, the best case scenario if uh, as uh, projected by several of the say nonpartisan sources such as the Congressional Budget Office that uh, if GDP does recover in 2021 and that we start to see a recovery um, that is uh, not just affecting certain segments, but becoming a more broad-based uh, recovery in 2021 and 2022. Now, one of the factors that we highlighted that continues to pose some uncertainty is the scale and scope of the COVID-19 pandemic. And uh, 2021, we did project that as vaccines became available, that would start to see household consumption patterns, also participation in the economy start to rebound as many households return to work and also return to their uh, consumption patterns perhaps um, that they established prior to the pandemic. However, if um, there are challenges with the vaccine um, outlook and uh, the, a lot of the recovery is what we say um, vaccine dependent, and we also have new variants of the virus that are leading to uncertainty. So if you put all of these factors together, we still have a significant uh, uncertainty in the overall US economy, but in the global economy as well. And then um, the stock market is the other variable that uh, is uh, one that many of us in the nonprofit sector should pay attention to if we aren't already. Uh, we've already seen some volatility in the first part of 2021. And um, although we expect that uh, there will be um, continued growth as uh, that volatility, if that continues, that also has impact on uh, overall giving patterns. Mm -hmm. well, one last question on this, uh, on this report. Um, you know, if I'm a fundraiser, I'm looking at giving USA numbers from from 2019, and it looks a little bit flat, a little bit slowing down. And now, now you're projecting probably more optimistic or even better numbers. What's my takeaway when, when seeing those things? What should I be doing as a fundraiser? I think one um, note for many fundraisers is to pay attention to the economic variables. That's not data that uh, fundraisers generally pay attention to, but especially the stock market. Um, although 2020, if you look at the overall picture, you see um, two big patterns, financial markets performing quite strongly. This means that some donors are in a position 
uh, perhaps in a, an, an improved position to think about philanthropy because they can make gifts of appreciated stock and they can also, uh, they're also in a position of financials, uh, perhaps more certainty, especially around their financial assets. Um, so for fundraisers, I'd say pay attention to the stock market because especially for uh, major gifts and um, large gifts, the stock market does affect not just how uh, donors are able to give, but also their sense of confidence about their own financial and economic circumstances. I think the other place for fundraisers to pay attention to, which they may not uh, typically look at, is the overall economic numbers. So unemployment, consumption, usually the government announces these uh, at quarterly intervals. And so what you can take away is not just what's happening to financial markets, but what's happening in the real sector. So how are Americans, everyday households, uh, approaching their financial decisions, their economic decisions. And giving is complex. It does depend on your underlying income, your wealth, uh, but also your relationships and your uh, trust and engagement with an organization. So the last part is fundraisers can think of the overall economy as a big part of uh, the work they're doing, but they also should realize that the part they have the most control of is their ability to engage donors to uh, make the case for their work. Even in very difficult times, we've seen uh, many nonprofits raise significant dollars. And in 2020, we saw very much the same pattern where organizations that had maintained engagement with their donors and continued opportunities to communicate uh, their work also saw returns on that investment. So I'd say the macro economy, all of these uh, factors that we've discussed are important, but uh, the fundraiser should also make sure that uh, as a priority, they recall that uh, giving depends on the economy, but it also depends on the relationships that uh, donors have with a cause, with an organization, and with the work and, and the mission of that nonprofit. Thanks to Dr. Una Osili, Associate Dean for Research and International Programs at the Lilly Family School of Philanthropy at Indiana. You can find more details on their outlook for charitable giving in the links within the story notes or at thenonprofittimes.com. I'm Mark Rivna for The Nonprofit Times, and we'll see you next time on the Fresh Research Podcast. That's our episode for today. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to share the Fresh Research link on Twitter or Facebook to be eligible to win something from the NPT Library. You can also share on social media with the hashtag FreshResearch. And if you like what you hear, please rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. This has been Fresh Research, a podcast from the Nonprofit Times, spotlighting research and trends in the philanthropic sector. Till next time, keep up with us at thenonprofittimes.com for all your nonprofit news.